tuned into Psychic Parrot, the podcast about amazing animals and the strange power of pets with Al and Fred. Good morning, afternoon, night, evening, or twilight zone. Uh, we are Psychic Parrot. With me, Frederick Ekhoff, and you, Alistair Goodwin. <laughs> proud horse of New Zealand. <laughs> Sorry, that's hooves. Um, <laughs> tell me about hooves, your uh, alter ego or best friend. Hooves is just, it's just a horse. It's like, just a horse. It's my power animal. Philosophical horse. So you go deep diving straight into hooves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're cornered. All right, you can talk about hooves later. Talk about hooves later. <laughs> right. Um, but today we are talking horses, and as usual, starting off with some horse-based trivia, just to sharpen Fred's mind for the oncoming onslaught. Yeah, for listeners' information, I don't know much about horses, I don't have much experience with horses, and I don't particularly trust horses, so Al, on the other hand, horse is your favorite animal, at least in public. Well, I mean, out of the non-exotic Obscure animal, sure. Yeah, you'd rather have the unicorn as a as a favorite animal, but since they're hard to prove, uh, you settle with horse for now. I actually really like Tibetan foxes. Foxes, <laughs> yeah, they're cool. Tibetan specifically. Oh, I don't know. I don't have much experience with the Tibetan fox. Pause your podcast now and look up a picture of a Tibetan fox. <laughs> they are a ridiculously funny looking animal. Okay. <laughs> I like them for their facial expressions. Or a single, single facial expression. They <laughs> they're a one-trick pony, as they say. They, all, they constantly look unimpressed. <laughs> Which is one of many qualities that uh, animals have. It's just looking unimpressed. <laughs> These more than any other animal I'd say <laughs> yeah all right blast me with some facts then okay we're not delving into your favorite animal my favorite animal the trout the trout <laughs> the mountain trout yeah <laughs> most beautiful animal in the world also the least intelligent really no that's just something I said oh, okay fishes aren't smart well, some fishes may, maybe we'll, we'll have to Hold our horses and and wait for the fish fishes fishes old. We'll have to have a porpoiseful look into fishes. Yeah, <laughs> it's right here. Okay. <laughs> good preamble. Good preamble. Um, so, horse facts. Hit horses. Me. Okay, going to start with the usual. What? How do you th- how old do you think the oldest horse has lived to? Like, Bearing in mind their average age is twenty five. Twenty five. Average life is twenty five. A horse yes. life is twenty five, huh? Um, I would say that's a 37-year-old horse out there, or was. This was, uh, got to be 62. 62? Old Billy. Old Billy? <laughs> he was a 19th century horse. I wonder how old he was when he got the nickname Old Billy. Yeah, do you think he was just Billy for quite some time? Started out as Billy Jr. Old Billy yeah. was <laughs> just Billy. <laughs> it was the 1800s. Um... Were the big time for horses, for the oldest horse. It was also the biggest horse ever recorded, which was... The most voluminous horse. The largest, tallest, most mountainous of horses. Uh, we got horse. a one-ton horse, or... Uh, but, like, I, should this I guess for the, the height of it? The hinds, yeah, the height of it. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, technically... I would say three meter horse should should be there. A three. That's a bit. That's is it too bit. much? All right. That's fine. It's I'll bit... go for one ninety then. Then I'll it, be impressed. It's two twenty centimeters. Huh? It's but not that tall. It is. That's tall. That's me standing. This is just up to its back, not up to its, not including its head. Oh, it's okay. Only, not it's measured including to the its head. All right. It's measured to the shoulder. Oh uh, yeah, that makes more sense. Why do they measure it to the? Well, they also measure it in hands. They have a completely different. Uh, How tall are you, Al? In hands. Oh no, 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 no. not one eighty. I mean, just two shoulders. I'm eighteen hands. <laughs> Oh, my shoulder is probably about 15, 16 hands, I guess. Oh, I don't know what hands is. <laughs> about 10 centimeters. Four fingers to one hand? Five? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like a hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he was 220 centimeters. And this led me on to learning about the, t- the smallest horse. And this is controversial, it turns out. Where we got, like, so we got horses and ponies. Ponies is just a, a, a type of horse, right? So, but they yeah. are... A, umbrella term for small horses or are there small specifically horse? yeah there's breeds of horses so if you're looking when, when does it turn from po- po- horse to pony and is the smallest pony the smallest horse or is there a horse that they look a little different like I think it's just what you grow to I guess there must be a height cut off for when you're not a pony and you're a horse there must be tall ponies and short horses but they're all umbrella horses umbrellas <laughs> they all fall under the umbrella of horse yeah <laughs> as do zebras and unicorns yeah exactly and centaurs i guess yeah are they man's domain oh yeah so maybe you could uh, put weigh your two cents into this uh debate so you have thumbelina who is a dwarf miniature horse and she is guessing 52 centimeters 43 centimeters tall and weighs 27 kg <laughs> Then you have on the other end of this... You That's have like a big cock spaniel. That's like that size. Tiny. It's like less than two rulers standing. Oh. Plowing the earth of a kitchen garden with a tiny little... Uh... <laughs> so you have, you have her recognized by the Guinness World Book of World Records. Yeah. But then you also have Einstein. Now, mm. Einstein cl- lays claim to this because he's an actual horse. Like, he's not a breed of dwarf horse or a breed of miniature horse. He's not supposed to be small. But when he was born, he was 35 centimetres tall, which is one school school ruler and five centimetres. Yeah. So they... And then he grew up to be about close to 60 centimetres. He's like, he's a horse that's got that small rather than a horse that's supposed to be small. That's small. Okay. So he... Einstein was an accident or... uh... Well, Einstein. Well, well, there's no, there's no accidents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're all gods, chosen all animals. All horses are created equal. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and that's the uh, debate over Einstein and Thumbelina. Then you have horses have the largest eyes out of any mammal on land. It's bigger, bigger than the ping pong ball, isn't it? Yeah, that's huge. I mean, we're about a ping pong ball size. The human eyeball. Oh, a little smaller than that. I would say somewhere between the big marbles and the... I don't know. But I'm surprised they beat beat the cow because I've always thought the cow as the eyeballer. The one that gives you the stink eye. Yeah, exactly. Those big cow eyes. (laughs) It's funny how that's associated with sexy. (laughs) 
So fastest uh, recorded speed of a horse? Uh, 42. 88 kilometers what? an hour. The world record for the fastest horse won. Oh, oh like, no, this is at its... It's not, this isn't over a period. Over is this with steroids or without steroids? No, this is this isn't over a distance. This is like while running, they yeah. caught it going that fast. Yeah. Um, but it's not far off the world's the the racing record, which is about seventy two kilometers an hour for a racehorse. That's, okay. But but yeah. it was in the race. This no, this was just just the out. record. Um, how many horses in the world? Ooh, so there were fix- 56 million dogs, weren't wasn't it? And then I'd say there's uh, um, 48, 45 million horses. 60 million. It's more horses. More horses. Huh. No, I'm sure there was more than that of dogs. That's what you said. That's what, that's what you told me. Just pause the podcast, go back and listen to it and see... <laughs> What lies did I tell you? Um, 525 ah. million dogs. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so there's a couple more dogs than horses. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I told you. No, it wasn't what you told me. I'm just making things up. Yeah. Make it more interesting. 6,000 goldfish <laughs> currently in Copenhagen right now. <laughs> 6,042. Yeah, there's your palette lens of Fred. That's the uh, light. Just different sizes. Oh, I get sizes and amounts. And the horse intelligence thing is quite interesting. Um, they haven't been measuring horse intelligence much, but they're starting to. And they've recently done a test to see whether or not hu- uh, horses attempt communication with um, humans. Mm. So what they did was get they got a bunch of horses and then they got some buckets that. The horses couldn't get to and put carrots in the bucket mm. and sometimes they did it with a human watching and sometimes they did it without a human watching and mm. watching the the carrot in the bucket and times when the human wasn't watching the horse made more of an effort to get it to go and get the carrot <laughs> than when it kind of was like hey you saw that carrot, right? <laughs> Bring it over here. And it's not a lot of animals that can or attempt to communicate with humans. No. So it's interesting that they're one of the ones that bothers. It's, it's quite subtle, isn't it? They're, um, if I would like compare it to a dog, I know that a dog would make full-on efforts all the time, 100% max all the time. And that's like, yeah. I don't know if horses are like... But I think they just try to save their energy because they know they have a lot of running to do. But this isn't the same as saying as a dog trying to say feed me. There's there's a separate action here. Mm. This is a horse trying to communicate that there is a that there is a carrot in a bucket. Mm. Whereas other forms of communication are walk me. I'm happy. I'm sad. Mm. And so it's this disconnect that you have to communicate something to, about something else. Mm. I guess Lassie saying that there's a Timmy in the well would be the same. I would say that's more than there's a carrot in the bucket, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure about these uh, experiments. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what they say. Well, that's because it's always been cats and dogs and the glamour pets, Mm. I guess. Um, 
that they haven't, but they're continuing to research horse because mm. they know they're reasonably intelligent. They've yeah, they've got some go, but they're not like they're no parrot. They're no parrot or octopus no. or octopus. Yeah, yeah. I, I the horses I place way above cows in intelligence, but I don't know why. They're both like. I really just want to rest and eat, but if you make me do this, I'll do it for as long as it takes. There's probably an anthropological explanation. Yeah. Somewhere in our uh, culture, horses have become more respected than the cow. Yeah. Because it also, like, the aversion to eating horse is pretty strong mm. um, because of their alternate uses. Mm. Like, in, in some countries, they don't care because they weren't big horse places. Although yeah. there's not many countries that dine out on horse. No, it's always been seen as a bit second grade, hasn't it? I don't know if that's a myth that... I don't know if it's second grade, because it's actually... It's not second grade meat. No. Um, which I'll go into. Like, there's a, It was another kind of benefit of the horse when they were eating them, was that it was had a good or a nutritional value. So here's two vegetarians discussing... Horse meat. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious, delicious horse meat. But more like why we don't eat horses. And I think there's some explanation in the information I'm about to give out. And it might be that we just venerate them. Like, because we regard and we have for thousands of years had such an interesting relationship with the horse. I would suggest the argument that a world without horses is no world at all for the human race. It was like the invention of fire or the wheel, the taming of the horse. All right, let's hear that. Yeah, I think you got a story (laughs) to tell here. (laughs) I do, I do, and it starts fifty-five million years ago. (laughs) And where were where were we at that point? Fifty-five million years ago, I don't know what. I guess. We were ice aging, we're in caves? No, we... we're, this is back, like... We're in the trees, or...? Well, this is... Yeah, I think we're not even on the... We're not on the radar. No. Like, this is still back in deep Africa. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of just post-dinosaur, I guess. Yeah, it is. 55 million, yeah. It's the it's the, it's the dawning of the age of uh, the mammals. The mammal. And... So the horse started off uh, about the size of a dog or a baby lamb and was called a hyracotherium and lived in the rainforests of North America and ate leaves. And then it went completely extinct in America, but it had crossed over the land bridge between Eurasia and North America Mm. and settled and evolved bigger teeth and all this because it started grazing on pastures. Yeah, I, I see them as running around on the steppes of Mongolia or something like that. A great grain basket of Mongolia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> many wild horses. So wait, but when did they get um, domesticated? And how? Only six, so there was a gap. They had their own thing going on. Mm. And then, I mean, during that time we were eating them. Yeah, yeah. so 6,000 years ago mm. in the Ukraine was the first time they were domesticated. And they were being used for riding milk and meat. So when, I guess it's a tricky question, but when did the the, the, the cows and bulls, when were they domesticated? I'd say earlier on than that. A bit um, easier to catch, I guess. Yeah, but also catch like... Catch alive. But you also you don't have to break a cow. 
Like, if you want to ride a horse, you have to break them. Yeah. And right. I think that was the thing. Was the first per- I, I reckon the first person that clopped into town riding a horse, minds blown. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would be unimaginable. You would, I don't know, held as a god, sacrificed to a volcano. Like, who knows what happens when you show up on a horse? I don't know if how big the town square was 6,000 years ago, but... It would have been wild. <laughs> so since then, they've been bred for specific characteristics, as we know. And today there's 300 types of horse. Races. Yeah, breeds of horse. Mm. Usually with a different, um, with a different use. Mm. Like you have shire horses and cart horses and polo horses and racing mm. horses and ponies and jumping horses and dancing <laughs> horses fancy horse walking horses in the olympics <laughs> juggling horses those horses that I... yeah now that was a goat yeah i watched uh it's like circus trick time was like a goat balancing on uh, a line like a slack line and then up on its back legs and then he had a little trained monkey on his back that went up on top of his head and did a little trick on top of his head what yeah was this a dream or you saw this on youtube i've seen this on youtube <laughs> definitely youtube okay. i wouldn't be able to dream up this oh. well that was a sidetrack all right so six thousand years ago and then what's next so six thousand years ago and then just um a lot of things been happening since then they've been all through religion uh, you know, classic thing. Even Poseidon, the god of the ocean, was originally p- conceived as a horse, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thought was interesting. And yeah, in Scandinavia as well, they Odin uh, was pretty into his horse. Yeah, you should know the name of his horse. I learned it when I was anti-learning. So yeah, <laughs> it was Lionel. <laughs> Lionel. No, <laughs> I, think, I can't R- remember. Actually, R- I don't Richard. Know. <laughs> But it had a good. It had five legs. I know that much. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The five-legged horse. So yeah, like, and through their history, they've been contributing a lot to the human existence, and this is what I wanted to go into. So human society and civilization was drastically altered by certain things, mm. and so you have fire, the wheel, metalwork, agriculture, religion, language. These are all things that took us. further yeah um and like i said i don't think we would be sitting here today if horses hadn't existed we wouldn't sit here in a bunker in copenhagen i don't think about horses i think society wouldn't have been the same no i think we'd either be hundreds of years behind yeah or running some kind of donkey-based culture it's highly hypothetical, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I feel like donkey warfare would have been um, a little bit more passive. There'd been the rise of the elephant, I think. The hovercraft has 7,200 donkey pa- donkey powers. <laughs> donkey powers. <laughs> hey, man, my new Chevrolet. <laughs> Six million donkey power. <laughs> right on. But so we we were associating with horses fifty thousand years ago by eating them, mm. and that's because they had fifty percent more protein and thirty percent more iron than beef. Uh huh. So eat better than a cow. So you're already doing them a favor by giving them a better giving them a better diet. So thanks for that, horses. Step one: make us better. <laughs> 
like it just had so many things. So all of a sudden, you've got the ability to like travel a decent distance. Yeah, um, I'd say that as a big thing with transport. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you've got the transport of culture and language and technology. So a horse can travel about 160 kilometers a day. That is insane. That's a well-conditioned yeah. horse. Yeah. That you've and that's at its high end. Um, so walking, you could do about 40 kilometers. Mm. So you're already able to travel four times as fast. Mm. And then at a short sprint, you've got 55 kilometers an hour, mm. which is still pretty good. So then you think warfare mm. and the capacity to do so many things um, just went crazy. And or even down to its digestive system, so it could eat and run... So it didn't have to be passive after a meal, like a reindeer and a cow, uh-huh. um, which made them much better to to work as well. Because if you had if you had a cow working your field, mm. it rested as much as you did. So even like the way that it's put together made it a better thing for um, at least with the agriculture element. Also, just out of convenience, like compared to a camel, it's convenient to sit on. <laughs> like <laughs> perfect fit. Yeah, like I- if it. <laughs> I guess they grew, groomed it into be a perfect fit for a, a man, though. Like, but, no, but I mean, like, if it was too small, they'd grow some bigger horses, or too big, yeah, smaller horses. Yeah, yeah, true. But general general purpose, they seemed convenient. Mm. So horses used for food, herding, warfare, transportation, communication, agriculture, trade, commerce, pleasure, sport, religion, status, and industry. Competition and recreation, I would say, covers most aspects of human um, activity. Mm. All ma- drastically impacted by the horse. Mm. As far as, for the example of like herding animals, like a man and a dog can herd 200 sheep, but a man, a horse, and a dog can herd 500. It's quite a high rise. And like the efficiency of a, of a horse for your farming... Because of its digestive system versus the cow means that you're yeah, no that's longer. That's interesting with the digestive system. Yeah, so there's no less rest time. Um, so now you're not just subsist- subsistence agriculture. You're able to produce a surplus, and then you have the capacity to become more financially secure. But it also meant that um, the rise of the city developed because all of a sudden you you would be able to sustain. Mm. a large amount of people that weren't farming mm. in a city where you're going to go and sell your farming wares. Mm. And so because of this increase in the capacity, you can supply a city before people could only grow as much as they could eat. Mm. And all of a sudden you can grow for other people and that allows cities to start happen. Yeah. So an ama- like, it, it seems like a really casual thing, but cities are quite important to the evolution of humanity. Like all of these things that... Mm. So, I mean, and with that, so a, a person can carry, comfortably carry about 25 kilograms mm. if you wanted to go over a long distance. A horse can do 90, but then you incorporate the wheel and then you've got a horse that can move 900 because it can do twice its weight ah. a horse can pull. So now you're able to move goods and services over a long distance as well. Mm. And then warfare, you had the chariot, was obviously destroying people. 
But then when the stirrup got invented, which is the lower part of a saddle where you put your feet mm. by the Chinese, then all of a sudden you didn't need to be holding reins anymore. Oh. So you could swing a sword, shoot an arrow, just whatever. Mm. Um, and that's what pretty much caught, was a big part of the Mongols' um, yeah, they scourge. Are, they definitely had a horse-based tactic. Yeah, well, it was their horse-mounted archers. Mm-hmm. And that was something that happened due to, yeah, just innovations. I mean, it's metal. It's all of these. It's the ability to make metal and apply it to horses. It's the ability to use a wheel in a horse. It's the ability to never fire in a horse. But, like, other horses seem to have wiggled their way into our major developmental eras. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, it all fell apart for the horse with the invention of the steam engine. Steam engine. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was not surprisingly measured in... Horsepower. Horsepower, yeah. Now you've got steamboats, railroads, automobiles, um, electric communications. Like you've no longer fastest mm. way. They used to just be to give the horse postman your mail and send it. And now telegrams and telegraphs. Yeah. Um, radio. Set, set them on a well-deserved horse holiday. Yeah, well, it's the end of the... The horse era, mm. the the twilight of the uh, horses. So, do you know what a horsepower is? Uh, um, a way to measure power or a measure. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, effectiveness of power. Or so in seventeen eighty one, this guy called James Watt um, was trying to convince people that his steam engine was better than a horse, mm. and so yeah, that's why he he said to prove the superiority. So he measured a horse um, walking in circles on a grindstone and mm. multiplied the distance it walked by its roughly 180 pounds of pulling force, divided by the time it took and came up with a new measure, horsepower. That's it. That's how you measure one horsepower. And that is the equivalent of... So. But this is the same watts that made the watts... That's what the watt is system. named after. Yeah. So as humans... We can we can do one horsepower, for, but not sustain it for very long. And this is through this is measured through cyclists. Okay, like if you're a real pro, you can do maybe two horsepower mm-hmm. on a bicycle. And this is also so horsepower is the equivalent of seven hundred and forty-six watts. Um, What's one watt then? Is that what uh, watts can do on a laser day? Or he couldn't have shown up and said, "Hey, your horse is seven hundred and fifty watts." My Steam engines, fifteen hundred watts. Like you're gonna be like, what? <laughs> what? But what's a watt then? <laughs> yeah, like me. What's a watt? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think. I don't think it's, well, it's not important what a watt is. <laughs> <laughs> right. But one horsepower is the equivalent of six hundred and forty of them. Yeah. Didn't I bet? There's no faster animal we can ride that we've tamed than the horse, is there? I don't think so. Not the kid out in Australia that's mountain and ostrich (laughs) the ostrich maybe it would maybe yeah but they with the the, weight but the ostrich has that weight thing where it's very light and uh, yeah I guess this thing going can take a a human and then I suppose it's uh, yeah over what distance (laughs) Mm. could be the turtle could be uh, birdie the turtle (laughs) (laughs) for a whole hour I wonder what, um, yeah, elephants can go, nah, it's got to be the horse. Like, that's why they use them. Mm. Not only for the 
digestive systems and capacity to help us in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So I've been reading a little bit of uh, horse-based information recently. Uh, shockingly, I've done some research this time, I'm and uh, to I've read the. Uh, I, I haven't gotten completely through it, but uh, I'm reading uh, Scott's journals from uh, his failed, not failed, but um, yeah, uh, fatal attempt at the South Pole uh, at the start of the century. I think that counts as failed. Yeah. Well, he got there though. Yeah, but it's a round trip, is the. Yeah, I guess so. I'd say, yeah, like the feet or the, um, if you're saying I went to the North Pole, it's also going back again, hmm. which is why the... can't really say it if you died you get going credit. back. Yeah. But Scott actually communicates with everyone through having a book that he brought with him all, and he wrote every day in this book, and then they found it in his tent when he, he tragi- tragically um, died um, at his attempt. So the story goes that uh, it's Scott going for it. What time? Sorry. This is uh, uh, 1911-12. So they have to, you know, pack everything in a ship and uh, go there. And he didn't even know that Amundsen, who's the famous Norwegian for being first at the sound pole, that he was trying for it. Um, This was kept secret to him which is uh, a bit weird. But uh, Amundsen went for it at the same time, trying to compete with Scott, uh, um, doing uh, what they called his South Pole dash, because he was trying for... South Pole? South Pole. This is the South Pole. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's the Antarctic. Um, But anyway, uh, Amundsen knew dogs and uh, trusted dogs um, to be uh, the ones uh, pulling. Scott being British uh, was much more horse uh, oriented and he really loved the uh, loved the ponies so he brought along uh, a little pack of ponies. Um, Scottish ponies, like Shetland ponies. He doesn't say anything about what kind of ponies there are. I've been thinking about it, if there's some sort of special kind of pony. But anyway, he brings both ponies and dogs. So uh, the myth about uh, Scott failing because he didn't have enough dogs or whatever, it's a bit. But he does not trust his dogs whatsoever. No. (laughs) But the dogs also, they're a bit strange dogs. Like they, Not strange dogs, they're just quite wild dogs. Uh, Every every time they see... uh, Every time they saw so penguin, they'd just go for it and just kill it straight off, and uh, yeah. <laughs> that have a howling run arounds quite often. They were wild dogs. But, but he's the, chosen the right breed of dogs. He's not taking along. I don't Labradors. know what kind of. Uh, no, it's not a, a pack of Labradors for sure. <laughs> it's more wolfy than that. And anyway, his ponies—they were. <laughs> so we're not just going to talk about the the journey across the ocean where the ponies meet their first challenge is just standing on a boat for 50 days on uh, a heavy heavy exploration and they got stuck in the ice for about two months during their trip down to just the the end of uh, Arctica Um, and in a particularly horrible blizzard on sea the the sea was just washing over the deck and uh, one roll was so uh, hefty that one of the ponies went o- overboard with the um, 
<laughs> with the wave. But then the wow. next wave came and it uh, washed it back on board again. So uh, they no didn't lose. Way. They didn't lose a bomb in that what? way. What? <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> it is true. Waves don't work like that. Yeah. One side and then the other side. I think that the wave took the ship down like that and mm. uh, on the side, uh, and then it got. The swell washed it back up, like the oh, back the swell. tilt. Okay, yeah. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but these ponies were just suffering from day one till the last day. And uh, they only made it as far as to the, the pole journey where they're... Uh, because ponies, they smashed through the snow and uh, dogs uh, can much better go on top of the snow and people as well. Yeah. So they actually tried the snowshoes for the ponies, uh, which worked very well. Uh, but they could... They worked? Yeah, it worked pretty well, but they forgot some snowshoes at the, one of the, the pole camps. And uh, yeah, it was uh, some bad decision making there. But... Uh, this was just the journey to put the food supplies in different different steps um, on the on the way, and not the actual attempt for the South Pole. Are you trying to keep the horses warm, or they're just relying on? Yeah, their... every night they would dig uh, wind shelters for the horses, uh, and they had special. Uh, so Scott was the was the modern guy. He was the the guy that believed in. Um, the modern gadgets and uh, used all the tools he could uh, to to get to the South Pole. Uh, Amazon was more like uh, he'd be in uh, in in just fur uh, to <laughs> from top engines. to toe. Uh, and uh, yeah, he even uh, Scott even brought some engines in. He it was very trying to be cutting edge, uh, but also like the fabric of their clothes was way less effective than the the actual fur that Amundsen used. Yeah. Um, anyway, so on the way back from the pole journey, another blizzard, um, and uh, it being summer and a blizzard, it made the, the ice loosen because they were walking on the ice a lot. So um, <laughs> one, one night they went to sleep and the, and the ponies were, uh, were next to them. And then when they woke up, the the ice had cracked, so the ponies had just been drifting up <laughs> on a on a sheet of ice. Um, so they only managed to save two of their fourteen ponies for the the actual attempt. Happened uh, they all the other ones floated off. Oh uh, yeah, so that was the point where the most ponies died, but. Um, Ponies would die from just freaking out and just running around for a while, uh, hurting their legs. And then when you have to travel every day, uh, it's about um, getting stronger while you're still working. And uh, it was tough for them because they were so stressed out. And uh, yeah, don't bring your pon- ponies to the South Pole. Naturally think- afraid of penguins. <laughs> I don't think they cared much about the penguins. They just did not like being on the South Pole, which is very natural, I, I think. They, of course, they're used to snow, and um, but um, yeah, as we talked about earlier on the on the ship journey, they were just worn down because uh, they are used to standing up, sleeping, and uh, with waves, they couldn't stand still up yeah. and sleep. So stressful. Yeah. So that was uh, the failure of the pole uh, of the ponies at the South Pole. 
didn't even make the, the pole journey. But neither did um, the humans. So. <laughs> yeah, well, Amundsen, no. Uh, well, Amundsen did. No, uh, yeah, Amundsen made it with dogs. Scott made it on feet. Um, um, but didn't make it back because of uh, yet another blizzard. But all the ponies and dogs had already. It's the name of the New Zealand Antarctic base, it's Scott Base. Yeah, um, the, a lot of a lot of stuff is uh, named uh, after those guys from that journey there. His original shack is still sitting there as well. Yeah. And so. when I was a kid, I was like, so I realized more and more how much like Western propaganda I've been fed with uh, as a child when I'm mm. going through history. So of course, the Scott versus Amundsen journey was made as, out as a bit of a Norwegian propaganda at that time. Where it was like, yeah. But you're Norwegian. Surely he's hailed as a national hero. <laughs> he is hailed as a national hero. Um, but uh, it doesn't make Scott... Um, he was uh, quite unlucky on his trip. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good guy. Uh, Scott was a good guy. And he, he was trying trying to do good with some good people. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the, the second to last guy that died on his um, trip... Mm. had that really poetic final words where he just said I'm going out for a while I might be some time yeah <laughs> never to be seen again yeah I haven't gotten to that part but uh, sorry yeah. it's, it's spoiler it's, alert oh god <laughs> no it's the first thing I wanted to do is just to read the last chapters but I, I'm gonna get through the whole thing but uh, I've already read the most of the journey of the ponies which is an incredible feat for a, a gang of ponies they made it to the 80th parallel it's the furthest uh, south the horse has ever been. The 80th parallel is the furthest south the horse has ever been. I think that's a, that's a, that's an eye opener for all the listeners out there when we conclude this uh, yet uh, longest episode ever of um, of uh, Psychic Parrot. I think it's amazing that we've been yeah focusing on like. Animals achieving things that they're unaware of. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. but sure. just having the shittiest time, but they were, they were there. They were there. <laughs> yeah. Who did the North Pole first? Uh, oh, got me on a tight spot there. Was that Shackleton? <laughs> Shackleton. Um, well, he tried for the South Pole as well. Yeah. Shackleton is just known for all his failed shit. There's like mad expeditions that went all wrong. Yeah. Um, he's now Hillary. He's our Hillary. <laughs> right, Sir Edmund, not Hillary Clinton. Oh. Sir Edmund Hillary? First one to the top of Everest. First oh. white man to the top of Everest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only one that counts. <laughs> All right, but let's uh, wrap up this episode of Psychic Parrot. Um, lots of uh, horse-based fun to be had. Uh, thanks for all the invaluable info um, and your research, uh, Alistair. Any last word on the horses? No, just next time you see a horse, just think about it, you know. Where, you know, just think about it. The founder of our civilization. Yeah, one of the building blocks. Everything you have, you owe to horses. A cornerstone of modern civilization. Yeah, exactly. The workhorse of modern civilization. Yes. The horse. 
<laughs> is there any horseplay puns you forgot to get in there that you want? Oh, just about um, single horses looking for stable relationships. Yes. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, we'll save who's for another time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye. He knows the world